Hey everybody, this is Patty. Welcome to the Witching Hour. I have an amazing guest for you today. He is a paranormal investigator, an indigenous warrior, a healer, a cleanser, and personal friend, hero from Unearthing the Supernatural. You're gonna love him, it's wild. But before I bring Hero on, where's Patty? Because if I don't do this segment, I don't know where I am. I'm gonna stop saying that because it's just too hard to say. But if you are tuning into this, the week we first drop, which is, oh my gosh, the week of November 5th, November 6th, 2023, yes, we made it through Halloween. We made it through Samhain. Now we have to deal with all the Yule and Christmas and Hanukkah. It's good. Anyway, if you are listening right now, when we first drop, I am about 30,000 feet in the air flying to the bottom of the planet to Tasmania right now. I just left mid-Michigan Paracon. I'm sure it was fabulous. And I'm flying to Tasmania for another job, but I won't be there forever though the flight is forever. After that, I am going to be at Miracles of Joy again, my, one of my favorite metaphysical shops to go to, teaching different workshops, private sessions, seances. It's a whole patty, magic, witchy weekend in the Dallas area at Miracles of Joy. Really, it's a really great opportunity for this beautiful, intimate, do one, do it all kind of a weekend. And December 8th through 10th, I am back in the Dallas area with Natalie, my partner in Paraflix, and we are doing the Old Park Hotel. The Very Haunted, we're doing a whole Christmas holiday thing at the Old Park Hotel. It's Natalie Jones and myself. We're going to do seances there. I'm not sure seances have been done there yet. And I've done it before, the place, and it's fabulous and haunted. So I hope to join us. What a great holiday present for somebody. Give them an experience. Give yourself an experience. So that's a Paraflix event with Natalie Jones and myself, December 8th through 10th, Old Park Hotel. Spooky fun. <laughs> After that, into January, then I'm going to be at the Hanover Tavern Paracon, mid-January 19th weekend. It's a fundraiser for Hanover Tavern. All sorts of the paranormal people are coming in from all over, and this will be my first year there. So I'm excited about that. And after that, just check my website, pattynegri.com, because I have a lot of stuff coming in for the beginning of the year. Way too much for you to remember, way too much for me to remember. Remember, I don't even know where I am. So pattynegri.com, and from there, you can get to all my legitimate social medias. You can get to my YouTube page with lots of classes. You can get to my school, University Magicus. You can get to Paraflix. So more than you ever want to know at pattynegri.com. You can spend days with me. Go, I got to get rid of her. No, just kidding. It's I'm in the air right now. It's really hard to focus. I'm Anyway, so I'm not teaching class this week. I'm not teaching class at University Magicus, but that doesn't mean don't go. You know, I have about 20 teachers now and they are brilliant in all different belief systems. We do not have one specific belief system, religion or philosophy. The way that Sebastian and Nick and I created this school is that we have many truths. I will teach my truth or a truth, as will Sebastian, as will Denny Sargent, as will of spiritual, metaphysical, new age, witchy, occult leaders from all over the world, a lot in the UK and magicu. or universitymagicus.com, crazy affordable, crazy intimate Zoom classes 
where you can come live and or you get the video the next day. So it's different than anything out there. And I would be honored to see you there. A lot of the Paraflix people are there and our teachers. A lot of the university people are at Paraflix, Paraflix people at university. We are one, the same people you see here at the witching hour. A lot of the, a lot of my teachers are from this. So it's one big happy family. So, and we want you part of it. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Just kidding. That doesn't make sense, does it? It does to me. Okay. <laughs> I'm at 30,000 feet. You can't expect me to make sense. Hey, everybody, guess what time it is? Yep, it is time for the Willow Report. Yes, my little, it's like she's frozen in time. You guys must think she is the least active dog in the history of the world, but the truth was quite different than that. <laughs> you know, I've been learning a lot of dog facts lately, so that's what we're gonna talk about today since she won't look at the camera anyway. Do you know that dogs have 18 muscles in their ears to move their ears? And Lilla doesn't move hers at all, but there's 18 muscles in there. I just thought, I just read that and I keep trying to get her to move them, but maybe because they're a little bit floppy, they don't. But you guys, a lot of you have the dogs that go in, they go out, they move around. That takes 18 muscles. One thing I did learn that was really cool, which we know anyway, do you know that dogs actually can feel love? They can fall in love with you. Yep. Oxytocin. Now that science can test this stuff, that dogs, the oxytocin level, which is known as the love hormone, they have it. So when they say they love us, they really do love us. But one thing I also learned is they don't feel guilt. So when they act like, like, oh, I was bad. I pee peed on the rug. It's really probably more a reaction to that. They've got yelled at it before. So it's just a reaction versus guilt they do smell your feelings. So maybe they're feeling your disappointment, but not feeling guilty about it the way we do. So maybe we need to change our tactics there a little bit. And that's it. Remember that your dog is smart as a two-year-old kid, which is pretty smart, but you can't expect him to be a five-year-old kid. Right, Willow? Are you waking up now? I know this was way too much information for one day for one dog that won't wake up. Could you get in that camera? Can you get in that camera? She's breathing heavy in my face. That's so cute. Anyway, love hormone. She's got it. Your babies have it too. So love them. Don't try to make them feel guilty. That doesn't mean don't train them. Train them. But just do it with love. They've got oxytocin. That's it. That's for the Willow Report. I'm going to let her go back to sleep now. Ah, bye, Willow. It's tea time. What? You know, we do a lot of teas and magic. We do, there's English tea, there's magical teas, there's herb teas. But teas can really be used in your spell crafting and magic as well. I thought today we would talk about a telepathy tea because we're going into the colder weather. That is actually the time to go inside versus the outside into summer to go inside and look at things. So we do a lot of thinking. Dandelion tea, which is not hard to find or make and pretty tasty. I add a little honey. It is really good for telepathy. What? It is really good for tuning in. It is really good for vision questing tea. So one way that I like to use it is if you have a burning question in your head, like what should I do about this? Or what is the answer to this? And you want to go beyond yourself for answers. 
dandelion tea. There's something magic about dandelion tea that drinking it can help you call upon any spirit that might be able to help you. It could be great grandma spirit. It could be a deity. It could be an elemental. So you can actually kind of name who you want to help. So get or make your dandelion tea, steep it, do it with magic, you know, stir it clockwise, put your intent, what you plan to do with it. If you want a little honey or something, put it in, feel the magic in the steam. Now, I like to set it, if you're getting ready to go to bed, set it next to your bed for a few minutes as you're figuring out who and what you maybe want to call. If you know, like my Aunt Barbara was so good at this, I would like to speak to my Aunt Barbara during the night. Maybe your spirit guides, maybe you don't know specifically who you want. Just say, I would like the answer to this career path. I would like the answer to what outfit to wear tomorrow. I would like the answer to what is the reason for life? as simple or complicated as you want. Let your dream time and dandelion tea help you. So steep the tea by your bedside. Start sipping it as you are coming up with the questions that you have. If you have a specific name, I would say it seven times. Again, out loud, it could be whispered, but you want where your breath comes out, your air comes out like both the name of the person you want to talk to. And if you don't have that, your question itself. I want to know the answer to this. I want to know the answer to this. Um, where should I look for a new job? Where should I look for a new job? Whatever it is, say it seven times with some breath coming out. Finish up the tea, go to bed, and get your answer in dream time. It works pretty good. It works pretty fast. If you have an issue with it and come morning, you know, like learning my dream school technique, come morning, if you didn't get an answer, sit with it a while. You may have got the answer and you just didn't remember your dream, but that information will still come to you. And sometimes it's not even dream. Sometimes it's just downloads. All of a sudden you have the answer of where to look for a new job or what outfit to wear tomorrow or <laughs> what is the meaning of life. Sometimes it just downloads. But if you haven't tried it or if you have, dandelion tea is magic for spellcasting, for sleep, for dream work. I have some really special magic for you today. I love all my guests, but this one I'm honored and proud to call a personal friend and one I've worked with many times or several times over the last few years, considering we're in different states. Um, talk about magic. Ah, let me introduce you to indigenous warrior, healer, cleanser, exorcist, co-founder and co-leader of the groundbreaking Native American paranormal team, Unearthing the Supernatural, my friend, Hero. Thank you so much, Hero, for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Patty. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to be amongst your audience and a pleasure to be amongst all the magic, for sure. Yes. Okay. So you are a paranormal team. We have, you know, we have our paranormal investigators, but you do bring your Native magic to it. I've been several rituals before an investigation how you bring the magic and your spirituality into it which i think is exactly what paranormal investigation needs now so um, tell us a little bit about your medicine background you are a certified medicinal person right that's correct yeah i was selected at the age of 13 to be part of what i like to call a cultural exchange program Pretty much what that entails is there was four of us selected from the Dene Navajo tribe, and we were selected to be part of this pretty big program where we interacted with other tribes. And the main goal of it was to 
reestablish links to some old ceremonies, some old stories, some old songs, and kind of really live that old lifestyle. And so we, I guess the high council, they saw the need that um, elders are passing away. And with them, a lot of sacred knowledge, a lot of ceremonies. And there's been a lot of hardships that's happened over the past couple hundred years for indigenous people. And so now seemed like the good time to be reestablished this program to where we would be able to act as what we call guardians to keep the old songs and the old ceremonies in life, uh, alive. And my role as a Western guardian of the Diné tribe was to kind of access that life pathway. So Diné people, uh, you can think of the medicine wheel in the four corners. We see life and the cycle of life as a circle. You start out in the east where you're born, you're brand new, you come into this world. And as you grow, you move along clockwise along that circle. When you hit the southern point, the southern mountain, you're a young person. You're kind of up and about. Um, you're about ready to leave your parents. You're about ready to establish your life. You're pretty much growing as from a young to an adult. And then when you finally hit the western mountain, that's when you are a full-fledged adult. You have a family of your own. You have a lot of responsibilities. And you also deal with a lot more problems in the world, problems bigger than just you or your family. You start interacting with the world, and sometimes that becomes political, sometimes there's war, sometimes there's spiritual, there's supernatural. And you start establishing yourself and learning how what it takes to really become an elder. And when you finally hit the northern part of that circle, that's when you become an elder, and you start teaching what you've taught, been taught pretty much. You start passing down that knowledge. Um, you start pretty much doing the things that you do as an elder. You, you just make sure your lineage passes on and goes in a good way. And when it's a good, complete circle. And it's interesting about that is when you finally hit that eastern point, they say you start becoming like a baby again, like how you were when you first came in. People need to take care of you and you take care of your elders and eventually you stop not being able to be as mobile so it's a it's a that cycle of life it's a beautiful cycle and it's a very philosophical but in that cycle you can kind of see me as a western mountain kind of dealing with the adult side dealing with kind of politics and with that came the ceremony of learning about war learning about spiritual stuff and kind of really dealing with more of the evil aspects of things and so that's where the exorcism part comes in Learning how to interact with ghosts, learning how to interact with spirits, and to push back darkness. That was kind of my role that I didn't necessarily pick. I was chosen for. Um, but it was a, an amazing journey. Really intense training, really powerful ceremonies. And something that I utilize every day to be in contact with spirit and to really try to keep the balance within myself and uh, help my people out as much as I can. And so that's kind of brought me up to the point i'm 30 years old now i've been doing it for for a little bit of quite a bit of time and it's been an amazing journey it's been a lot of intense moments a lot of scary moments honestly and just a wild ride and i'm still young so we got a lot more to teach and a lot more to experience yeah you're a baby well i certainly understand your wheel of the year because me i don't know the native culture but i work the exact same wheel as a witch as a pagan we start out in the east. We work clockwise around working with the elements. And I know you work with the elements too. Definite slight differences, but more than anything is similarity. So 
that just makes me so happy because we are on this earth. You know, everybody who gets way out there in the cloud is great, but we still are on this earth, this planet to work with those energies is great. So I understand all that. And I'm intrigued. We could talk for three days and I understand dealing with the darkness, with evil and your exorcism comes up. But still, it must have been quite a jump going into paranormal investigation. I mean, probably for years, the native, the Navajo people didn't have a K2 meter or whatever it is that you have. That's what makes me so happy. How did that happen? You're right. The indigenous people have really, I think it's really since the boarding school days. And then more recently, there's been a lot of people trying to culturally appropriate pretty much our culture, our way of life. And so they'll take ceremonies with us trying to just be nice and giving how we are. We'll do ceremonies, but there has been some people who try to take the ceremonies and profit off of it. uh, And they don't fully understand what they're doing. They don't fully understand the protocols of the ceremonies, haven't gone through what the steps they need to do to be to to interact in, in that way. So along with that, the boring school days, there's been a lot of hesitation to really don't share the culture, don't share this stuff. But... I went to the high council and I was like, you know, there we need to figure out ways and we brainstormed ways to be able to teach the youth and kind of rehook the youth because the youth, they're starting to lose interest in a lot of the old ways, unfortunately, and it's not really their fault. We all have to have jobs. We all have to pay bills. And that is a huge load in and of itself, just trying to survive in this modern day world. And then you throw on top of it, we're trying to live that old way of life, have that old, those traditions, those languages, songs. And it gets tough. And so us as elders, us as knowledge keepers, how do we go ahead? We have tools nowadays, tools to be able to interact with our world. We have social media, we have cameras, we have all these different tools. And it was really us watching um, shows like Ghost Adventures, shows like um, Ghost Hunters, all the popular shows kind of back in the day that were really paving the way for that. And it, it hooked us. We were fans. We were like, that's amazing. It's awesome that they're doing that. And it was really doing ceremonies and interacting with spirits. It's like, you know, I think this would be an interesting way. Why don't we just take a camera with us and go out to these haunted locations and utilize our sacred language, utilize some of those songs and ceremonies that we learned and try to help these spirits out and just have a camera with us and see if the spirits are willing to teach the people themselves in their own very particular way. And it was a great success. We went to several haunted locations and the spirits loved being able to tell their stories And we love being able to show the people. And uh, we always make sure that we don't um, include like a full song or a full prayer in there just to protect the sacredness of some of the uh, sacred teachings. But what we can teach, what we can talk about, we try to be able to put out there and inspire the youth to be like, wow, that's really cool. And the ultimate goal is to really have the youth be interested enough to where they go to their elders, no matter what tribe or no matter what nationality they come from. Go seek that knowledge and go be like, hey, what is this that I'm feeling? What is this that I'm interacting with? How can I better understand it and go seek guidance to be able to learn about it and learn more about the world that we're all living in? That is beautiful. So do you, again, I know you work, you're a cleanser and you're an exorcist and things. Have you noticed an uptick in the need for that stuff in these modern days? Because to me, it seems like there is much more paranormal activity, much more. Yes, definitely. And I think there, like the elders have talked about it too, that there is not only a lot more paranormal activity that's happening, kind of, I like to call out in the wild, 
but there's also a lot more gifted people kind of tuning into their gift a lot more. And that's something that we have to, to look at as, as knowledge keepers is okay. The spiritual world seems to be opening up a lot more. There seems to be a lot more connections with being with the spirits wanting to interact with more people being more in tune and actually being open and aware of it and then being able to communicate it. And I think that's a huge aspect of it is we can now communicate it like directly with the internet, with just on a phone call. Uh, we have a video cameras. We have all kinds of methods to be able to talk to each other and express what we're feeling, express what we're seeing and what we're in moments that we're having. And it's really opening the eyes to a lot of people and the spirits I know are taking notice. And there are a lot of signs going out there. A lot of sightings is what we call them, which basically means the spirits are like, okay, the world is starting to get into a place that they can hear us, that they can see us. Maybe we can start talking to them again. They're starting to learn things that is opening up more connections. And so, yes, I agree. There are a lot more spiritual happenings. There are a lot more spiritual connections. And that's where I hope that us as knowledge keepers, including you, Patty, and several other experts are able to be able to help these new generations of uh, people who are spiritually connected find their path, find their way, and be those ambassadors to the spirit world. Yeah. And again, it's needed. And somebody who may not see my work, my philosophy, because they're or your work, all of a sudden they're watching ghost adventures or something like that. And oh, a little light bulb goes on. Oh, wait, my my history, my this, my that. So yeah, I know you have worked with my boys, my Zach and the guys. Um, and I'm sure that they just were madly in love with you. So what was that like bringing, again, your native, your ancient, your indigenous work to ghost adventures? That was okay. So we were honestly starstruck because we grew up watching them as kids and they were pretty much huge. We were huge fans of them. And to see them in person, I do have to admit they are, they're not tiny. Like how you think of most Hollywood people are kind of smaller. These guys are actually, they're, they're, they're taller a lot like, like us. And so they're pretty big guys too. And we're like, okay, cool. And just seeing how like behind the scenes, seeing how Zach works, how he shot calls, how the whole team, it's not a huge team, but the team itself works really well together and they really are a cohesive unit. And that's something that I admired. And then bringing forth our indigenous aspects, bringing forth um, the ceremony that we did and the evidence that we found, they completely respected it. They let us speak and they told the true story when it came to translating it to the show. And even behind the scenes afterwards, they had a huge amount of respect, which I admired as a medicinal person. They were able to speak to us. They were able to listen to us. And we worked really well together to be able to just make connections to the spirit world that was there and have those spirits tell their stories. And it was amazing. It was wild. Even the spirits gave Zach a name, stars in his eyes. And it was just an awesome time. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Yes, I do remember that. Um, no, and they are an amazing team. I um, People don't get it because if you're doing regular TV, not, you know, the person who touches the lights doesn't touch the sound, doesn't touch the this. The main people, whether they're actors or, or the people, they are more like, I have a like a small theater background where everybody does everything and that is what they do. Zach's like, Aaron, pick up this to do. And the focus of, you know, they are, it's really, it's like a ballet. It's beautiful. Definitely. And, and, focus 120 percent on what they're doing which they do and i say never found anything but respect and 
everything and how they were in working with me. So I just love, I'm sure I will see you on there again soon. I just know it. <laughs> I'd love to work with them again. They're an amazing set of guys. And like I said, I admire how they work. I admire their unit. I mean, me being a medicinal person, kind of learning more of the Hushka, the warrior side of things. Zach runs his crew flawlessly. They, they work really well. They all do their things, but they do it very well. Yeah, that's, that is good. Oh, I just had something that just left my head. I don't, what, it, yeah, just completely left my head. But you're on our network now too. You're right. You're on Paraflex on my network. Definitely. And it was awesome to, uh, being part of Paraflex, being a part of that family, kind of just being uh, interacting with uh, all the different teams all across the United States. And that was something that I think Paraflex really did for us was allow us to be able to connect with different teams from across the United States instead of just trying to really go out there and find them. I was a, We were able to connect and be able to share stories, share evidence, and just be able to talk with each other because all across Turtle Island, all across the world, even how people interact with spirits and how spirits interact with people is very different. And it's all based on kind of where you're at and the kind of beings that are around the energies that are around and different people have different experiences. And it's just amazing to hear their different stories and see their different stories. Yeah. And I love that you keep saying stories because you really are your people, your storytellers. Definitely. I've been enthralled sitting on the floor of some you know, convention center somewhere or an old ghost town in Vulture City and hearing the stories that go along with the, the fire going or the masks and truly some of the most magical stuff ever. If we lined up every team around, I would go right to you because that, truly it's like, no, they've got it. So what do you think in, again, I think it's all getting better because people are, whether bringing their own philosophy and, and their own respect or belief systems into things like more and more teams are working with well witches spiritual people psychics intuitives and things where in the olden days when you were first watching ghost adventures it was not cool to have that stuff but people are bringing which i think a respect is what comes most in with it with whatever belief system what do you think people mostly get wrong about this oh i think in all honesty it's that openness it's that acceptance. And I think even though you can say it's all we're all working together and all that, there's what I see most people get wrong is that true acceptance, that true love for uh, each other, for each other as spiritual people, for each other as people who connect and have stories. It's okay to be wrong about a philosophy. It's okay to be wrong about things because we can always change our opinions based on evidence or based on personal experience. We can always change our opinions as humans. We can do that. But what we can't do is change our interactions with people and how we interact with spirits. So if a spirit tells you something is trying to teach you something, but you're locked in to a particular belief or a particular thought process that you are so locked in, you deny what the spirits are telling you or trying to teach you. That is something I think that gets wrong because we're just humans. We're still learning. And only like a century in this world is still not enough to learn about the spirit world, to learn everything that there is about that side. And we're going to continue to be learning even beyond our physical shells. And so we should be listening to spirits. We should be listening to their teachings, good or bad, because all sides and all interactions do have some form of teaching. Now, I'm not advocating that you go and listen to a demon and, he, and do everything he says, 
<laughs> but <laughs> what I am saying is there is teachings on all ends of the spiritual realm and how you absorb it. And like you're reading a book, you don't just put down the book because you read a bad sentence. You read the whole book because of the story that it's telling and some teachings that it has in there all together. And so absorb as much as you can. Don't try to shut yourself out from any other religious belief or belief system or even any type of person. Yeah, um, you can protect yourself, but also be willing to accept, be willing to learn and be willing to see how a person's color adds to the painting of the situation that you're at. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think it's, I like how you said, like a lot of the young people were not doing the old ways. I, what I, my little philosophy at looking this and going to these paracons and everything is that times are scary. We know that times are scary. They've always been scary, but they're extra scary now because we have 24 seven bombardment of social media and everything else. So we can't, we don't get away with it. So traditionally when things are scary, people would go back to their traditional religion or belief system, go to church, go to temple, go to whatever it is that you are. But that's not keeping up for everybody all the time for whatever reasons. So therefore the expansion of more alternative belief systems, new age, paganism, going back to some more indigenous ways and things. But I still think there's a whole group of people who's like, they're scared, but they don't, I don't want religion. I don't want belief system. I just want to know there's something more than I see on TV every night when we're going to get blown up. And they're becoming paranormal investigators. They want to know, let's go hunt ghosts. Then we know if there are ghosts, we're going to be okay when we die. But then what I'm seeing over and over again is then they go, oh my gosh, it's real. And then they're going to backdoor into a belief system. Create your own, go back to your original traditional. But again, see, I think you are getting your faith, your magic out to people who would never get it. And, and so am I. And not by preaching, not by doing anything like that. No proselytization. It's just like. It's like, it, hey, check us out pretty much. I agree. It's it, I do see um, people who are curious and the spiritual world is extremely powerful and it can humble people to where and even scare people to where if they don't have something to grab onto like if you're walking in the dark without a flashlight something scares you it's nice to have a guardrail right there to grab onto and know you're not going to fall off that bridge and i think that's what people resort to is like oh i have no guardrail so they back like you said backdoor into a religion to have that guardrail and when they proceed forward they try to be able to interact and my philosophy in it, kind of interacting with a lot of different tribes. So I am a Dine medicinal medicine person, but how my belief system is, it's not strictly Dine Navajo. It is derived from a lot of different places, from a lot of different stories, from a lot of different experiences. And that's something that I try to make sure that I put out there is I'm, I'm not just one belief system. I'm a belief system of experience. And these spirits have taught me so much beyond just what one system can teach. And so I always like to tell people who want to get into paranormal investigating is to have yourself centered and strong first. You don't have to have a religion to back you up or you just have to know yourself. You have to know who you are. You have to know and be grounded with yourself to where I always like to say, if something were to take your mind, 
can you bring it back and center yourself again without anyone's help? And so can you bring your center, your protections back to yourself? If you can do that, then you can start going out into the world because there are going to be times when you're going to be tested out in the spiritual world. Your mind's going to be tested. Your memory is going to be tested. Your emotions are going to be tested. Your spiritual connections are going to be tested. And yep. it's in those moments you have to rely, I like to say, either your prayer, uh, whether it doesn't matter what belief system you have, even if it's just words to yourself, self-actualization words, something in and of yourself to where if you're in the darkest place and not, and I always like to say, if you're in the darkest place and the creator or God is not listening, how are you going to get yourself out of that situation? Mm -hmm. If you are just alone in the darkest place, how are you going to get yourself out? If you can't answer that question, then I definitely don't recommend getting spirits out, going out and interacting with spirits because you will be tested. That's, you will that's be for tested. Sure. I agree wholeheartedly. People who take it too lightly, again, who are you going to call? Just like, oh, who are you going to call? Ah, you know, have techniques, have belief systems, have something. And they can change and grow. Mine are ever. Exactly. I can't say even in my craft, in my wishcraft, I'm not a Wiccan, a ceremonialist, a treadcraft, whatever. I draw from every bullet religion and belief system and created this thing what i do like about what i know about yours again the indigenous and the medicinal is that we do take responsibility and there is so much respect for definitely. the land for the deity for all of that and definitely and with that is respect is number one and unearthing supernatural our main word our main thing if you were to investigate with us spirits come first camera and the show comes very last all that is just the, the pretty much the frosting on it but the spirits come first if they need something that that you can offer whether it's offering whether it's just even just acknowledging them whether it's just doing something that you can do to help the spirits out it's it's our role as bridges as medicinal people to have that respect and do what you can to help the spirits out. Or if they don't need help, if they want you out of there, then you have to respect them and get out of there because that is their domain. Being able to understand the natural laws and respect those natural laws, even beyond our physical realm, they have natural laws on their own, on their realms as well. You have to be able to respect those laws. It's like going to a different country. Your United States laws are not going to matter when you go to another country overseas. They have their own set of laws and you have to respect those as well. So respect is key. Being able to acknowledge that you're just a human being, that you're so far, you're a spiritual being, of course, but at this current moment in time, your spiritual being and this being around you could be something way older and have a lot more knowledge and when you show that level of respect, you show that level of humility, then you're able to interact with these beings. They're willing to talk to you. And so indigenous people have always held that that belief system of you're talking to your great, many great grandfathers. You're talking to the creator. You're you could be talking to someone that has a, such a high level that it brings you to your knees. And so if you're prepared for that, and you have that level of respect, you're going to be okay. Just take care of yourself, take care of your mind, and have respect wherever you go, wherever you walk, walk in beauty. I'm going to like tattoo that on a t-shirt. <laughs> wherever you go, walk in beauty. I love that. Believe me, with my producer, Rob, here, I will be on a t-shirt within five seconds. <laughs> and with the merch. 
so what is just to get be, before we go what is the most two things one what is the most either challenging or scary experience you have and then i want to end it with the most inspiring amazing in a bigger little doesn't matter definitely so the most challenging experience i think i've had does it have to be on the show or could it be just in life in general? Not at all. It does not have to be on the show. Okay. So, uh, well, the most challenging experience I think I have had would have to be when I was, uh, when I was younger, uh, kind of first going into this program of learning who I am as a medicinal person and being a part of the, uh, the high count and the guardianship program. When we went out to, to and now I know it's Montana, we went out there and or late fall, early winter. And they told us that we, we had to survive out there. We had two weeks worth of rations, but we had to survive out there for uh, four months. And so they said, this is all you have out here. We're not going to be able to help you out. You have to be able to survive. So there was quite a few of us uh, young kids out there and they watched over us, at least teaching us the basics at first. But after a while, they kind of stepped back and let us do our thing. And that was one of the most challenging times of one, being away from home as a 13-year-old kid and being amongst your peers uh, that you have no idea who they are, where they come from. You're learning about their backgrounds, their quirks, their specialties, and how to enhance um, what they do best in, in order to survive. And being able to be amongst nature, being able to be amongst the spirits, and just really be on that ground level without any help, without any connections, without electricity, anything like that. To wow. be connected in that way, that was challenging and shocking to me. I mean, I grew up, thankfully, with my family having some running water, but my grandparents, they didn't have running water or electricity. My great-grandmother, up until a few years ago, didn't have red, running water or electricity. So me kind of living that way shocked me into understanding what did nature feel like? What did the ant feel like? What is the perspective of the ant? What is the perspective of the sky? What is perspective of the earth, the rocks, the trees? And being able to understand how they all work together and inserting yourself into that environment, not dominating it, inserting yourself because it can dominate you very easily. And it's amazing to think of how our ancestors lived. And it taught me a lot about being a leader and interacting with my fellow peers. It taught me a lot about spiritualness and how to interact with the spiritual world and physical world nature pretty much and it was really a shocker to me because i found out who i was when i was questioned i was i'm not full-blooded i'm not full Deneh navajo my i do my dad is french and german descent and so i questioned myself why am i a part of this program why was i selected for this very holy process and he it was very interesting my chief he came up and i was having kind of like an existential thing he sat there next to me and he says, we picked you for a reason. And you come from two different worlds, two different mind processes. You have your mom and your dad's side. Both of them have very strong teachings and beliefs. He says, we picked you because you have the ability to blend the old and the new whirlwind and blend them together in sacred wind and make something completely new that has never been seen before. And I've taken those words to heart to this day. And it was one of the most challenging times to going through that whole training process, learning a whole new language, learning these songs and ceremonies and interacting with spirits. But in the back of my mind thinking, 
I have to blend it somehow. I have to be able to live this world, pay bills, take care of a family, taxes, <laughs> all that thing that we have to worry about nowadays. But then I also have to respect my teachings and my ceremony beliefs in the spirit world that is always around us. And I'm still learning how all that works and how to juggle it all. But the initial shock factor, I'd say that was the most challenging time uh, for me. And, and when it comes to spiritualness and me in general. Yeah, that's that definitely sounds challenging. Put you out in the woods. <laughs> that, <laughs> Little that kids, was. pretty much. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I could see what you would learn from it. Wow. Um, so what do you have a little story of most inspirational or magic? Uh, well, that story kind of covers that as well. <laughs> I know. I, just, I, read, I think you just answered both. Because again, what you learned and I've been talking about going into adulthood in a way like that. So may I guess we could end it there. Yeah, we could um, do that. But I guess what we can do, we can always swap these stories around too. I can go into the most intense and scariest time that really questioned a lot of my at thought aspects into the spiritual world. And that would be the first time I saw the brutality of evil. Mm -hmm. And I think that really shocked me at the time I was only 16. Um, so it was a few years into the training program and we were called to go to this home and this home, uh, we were, all we were told was that there was really dark presences, really demonic and us as a young medicine people, young warriors, we were told to go into this home and we were to, to help out this family. And we show up. It was an emergency call. We got actually from the police department. They called us and there was three of us. I remember that went three guardians that went three younger guardians. And then there was two of our elders that went with us. So we all went in. And I remember I was the first to go in. There's a bunch of police cars everywhere, and it's kind of like a trailer. You can imagine a trailer. It's at night, and there was just, like, flickering lights inside, and it was just wildly just – you just feel the energy of the area. The police were too scared to go in, but they knew they had to. They said, you guys go in first, and we'll follow you. We're like, okay. So we go in, and we're decked out with our armor because we have our special protections that we have, and at the time, we knew that this was very intense. And so they, they saw us that, okay, do you need both vests? It's like, no, we have our stuff right here. We'll be all right. Okay. I remember grabbing that doorknob. And when I grabbed that doorknob, it felt like a fire. And what I was taught is no matter what you always, once you initiate contact, you follow through with that contact. So it burned. And I just remember heat in my hand, but I twisted that doorknob and I opened the door, um, push it with my hand. And then I let in with my shoulder and my on my arm. They had that um, what we call which is like a small shield. And so I go in with that at first. And behind me was the two guardians that were the two younger ones that were there. And then the two elders and then the police were behind them. We went in and I remember the first thing that hit me was the smell. And it was a rotting, decaying smell. And I was like, what's going on? And then I just hear a ringing in my ear, loud, loud ringing. As I go in, I see in front of me, there's a couch, a living room, and there's a lamp on the right-hand side. To the left was the kitchen. But in the living room was kind of the only thing that was kind of lit up. And it scares me, and I still have images of it to this day. A woman sitting there and on the floor between the couch and a TV. She's sitting there. 
just a bunch of blood over her. And she's holding two things separately like this. She's holding it. In one hand, she has a head. In the other hand, she has a body. And she's just sitting there and she's like crying and laughing at the same time. And she's holding the, an infant, a brand new baby. And she's holding it. And that initial shock factor to a 16-year-old boy, I was like, what's going on? And in my head, I was like, is that just a doll? I hope that's just a doll. And she's holding it, crying, laughing. And then I move in more. I'm like, the police need to get in. I don't know what to do with this situation. I need to get in. And so I pushed my way further into the room. And behind me, I heard something smash. And I turned. And I saw a man pushed up against the wall and there's no in the, in the kitchen, but he was pushed up against the wall and twisted up into like where the cupboards are and above the sink. And I immediately went to that because that's where the action was. And I had to like try to see if there was something pushing him up against there. So I went to that and I was able to get him down and we were able to start uh, singing the songs and everything. And as we're singing the songs, all the lights went on, broke the lights, and she gets up and she actually starts throwing the baby, the parts of the baby at us. Oh. And it was wild, intense, just a lot of stuff happened there. And I'll just break it down real quick. We took care of the situation. A lot of wild paranormal poltergeist activity happened. She, we had to do a full, at least a lockdown exorcism, what we call it, at least to be able to get her to be um, taken away to custody. And at least us assess the whole situation. Like We just went into a murder of, of a young baby here. Sacrifice more than likely is what we came out to see. And just the spirits, evil spirits, and they're running rampant. And so we had to just control and contain the situation. We control and contain the situation. We put everyone uh, kind of together. The police, once they saw what was going on, a lot of them ran out and we just handled everything. Once everything calmed down, the police were able to go in and we were able to actually, they were did their whole thing with the whole investigation. Um, there's a whole still case file going on with that. But dealing with that, I remember sitting out afterwards and after having to hold her down a couple times and just dealing with all the blood and dealing with the maniacal evil that was there. And I had that on me and I felt disgusted having that on me. I'm like, this is literal just darkness, everything that happened. And as a 16 year old boy, that was kind of the first time seeing, it wasn't my first time seeing death, but it was my first time seeing evil act out in a way that it caused in innocent people's harm and death. And to see the evil that is there in the world, it was something to me that's like, okay, this is why I'm doing this is because if let loose, these things can do unspeakable horrors and unspeakable harm onto people. And it's still happening every day. There's darkness out there influencing people. And then there's even just people just losing their minds, unfortunately. And it's a tough, scary world we live in. But that moment right there really made me question humanity it was like okay what drove a person to be able to accept something like this and want this in their home and want this in their life and because the evidence that came up beforehand was she was looking she wasn't very they weren't getting anything they weren't getting jobs they weren't they were a very pitiful family 
and she was resorting to wanting to accept help from darkness and that's what she ended up doing and so she tried to go forward and make that sacrifice and it didn't work out not at all and, and it so rarely does you know yeah. make a deal with the devil as they say you know they cheat they lie they yeah. lie. now that that way tops anything of anybody else i know but again but that's why you are here as a healer and i love that you're a medicinal person and warrior because i guess it takes both right you have wujonje and hushke wujonje is the beautiful side of things and you have hushke which is the warrior side of things each of us has that duality within us the male the female the hushke wujonje sometimes you take things with the beauty and sometimes you have to be a warrior so you have that duality in life and you have to have that balance especially when dealing with the spiritual world Thank you. Well, we here on the same planet with you, we are glad that you are here, my healer or your friend, and we are glad that Unearthing the Supernatural is here to bring your magic to our paranormal world. And before we go, tell everybody, now they're going to be intrigued with you, where they can find you and website, social media, your show, anything you have coming up, let us know. Definitely. So you can find us, most of our show, our episodes, and our teaching lessons are going to be on social media. You can find us on YouTube. Just look up Unearthing the Supernatural. You can look us up on TikTok. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we're on threads now. I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> figure that out. <laughs> but um, if you want to kind of support us, you can actually go to unearthingthesupernatural.com. And that's where you can actually get some cool merch. We are coming out with some new merch. Uh, look for us at any of the Paracons. We are open to going to Paracons and speaking with people in person. And uh, we look forward to just meeting everyone. Um, uh, several new episodes are coming out. And one of the newest ones that should be out by the time uh, you see this is spiritual card games. How the old warriors and how spirits play bets. Ooh, okay. You guys don't want to miss it. So follow them, Unearthing the Supernatural. Thank you, Hero. You guys will love him and love them like I do. Honored to have you on the show. So thank you for bringing your magic to the witching hour. Thank you, Patty. And thank you, everyone. Many blessings to everyone. Hanafkeosi. Ashkosi hanacha.